Saturday before last, I went down to visit with Gladys. She was laying in bed. She was sleeping, but she was with me. She was responding a little bit. We talked about a few things, and and, uh, I asked her if there was anything I could do, and she said, could you read the Bible? Read some, some scriptures to me. And so I just opened up my Bible and started reading a a variety of scriptures. We started off with the 23rd Psalm, and I'd like to share that with you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I said, what else do you want to hear? And she said, you pick some. I read Psalm 131, and as I started reading Psalm 131, I said, you know, Gladys, there are, there are some people, some experts, who believe that Psalm 131 was written by a woman. And she said, huh. And I read Psalm 131. Listen to it from the perspective of a mother and a grandmother. O oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up, My eyes are not raised too high. And I do not occupy myself with things that are too great or too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And then I read for from read to her from John 14, verses 1-7, through where Jesus, sitting around a table with His friends the night before He was crucified, Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many rooms. And I stopped and I said, You know, Gladys, it used to say many mansions. (laughs) And she laughed. And I said, I think I'd rather have a mansion. And she agreed. We, We both would rather have mansions. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to Myself, that where I am you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. If you had known Me, you would know My Father also. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. Then I shared with her from Revelation 21, verses 1-5. through This is John's vision as he looks and sees heaven. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, 
The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be His people and God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Let's pray. Father, in our search for comfort in this time of loss, we have opened your word. We have looked at David's words of devotion, and we have trusted in your presence and your provision. We have looked at your son's words of comfort, and we have found the way the truth, and the life. And we have looked with John into heaven and we have seen the promise that Gladys has already received. And we thank You that in moments of loss we can turn to You. And I pray for this family and these friends gathered. We pray that the time we spend together this morning will draw them together and will draw them to You. As memories are shared, I pray we can see Your presence and Your guidance. I pray we can know that You have never left them alone in their grief or in their joy. Thank you for Gladys. Thank you for the amazing strength and spirit that saw her through some of the greatest difficulties of this life. We thank you for peace and comfort that she has known through you. We come honoring her life, honoring you as the giver of life, and honoring your son, Jesus, as the redeemer of life. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Katie has something she would like to share. Well, hi, I'm Katie, Gladys's great-granddaughter, Jackie's daughter. Um, I'd wrote something for my grandma a while back, but I changed it. So um, I have a million notes that I've written and I wrote over and over trying to perfect the perfect thing to say. You can never prepare yourself for a moment like this though. As I wrote down the things, <laughs> I started to I started to delete and start over because I realized my grandmother lived 93 years. In 21 of those years, she has been the best grandmother you can ask for. She may fuss and fight and worry over us, but she loved us unconditionally with no judgment. Anyone who knew my grandma knew she was an angel on earth and would give the clothes off her back if needed. These last two years, I've learned so much about your life the bad times and the good times. She taught me so much and didn't even know it. Well, I guess she knows now. <clears throat> As my heart shattered with the call that I was dreading, it also healed my mind knowing that the pain is gone and you were finally called home. I, missed the sm I will miss the smile that greeted me when I came in, the sound of your chair when the front door opened, <laughs> The clack of your heels or your shoes on Sunday mornings before church and also washing the windows on Saturday mornings. I mean, I won't miss it that much, but it was time with you. What I miss, what I'll miss most is your tight hugs and wet kisses. I have a million remember when moments that I'll always cherish, but my favorite moment is our first selfie. She said, 
Oh my word, what's a selfie? And I told her, just look at the screen and smile. And she replied with a laugh. Thank you so much for just being you. And I will miss you so much. I sat down with Gladys a few weeks ago. and We talked about what she wanted me to say today. And she gave me two instructions. And both of them are very, were very, very simple. Both of them were from her heart. Uh, they were instructions on what she wanted you to hear today. And when she told me, I thought, that's just like Gladys. Not complicated, not involved, and most of all, not really about her. It was never about her. I asked her what scripture she wanted me to share today, and she only mentioned one. She said, I've always loved Romans 8.28. And I said, that would be perfect. Paul's letter to, to the Roman Christians is a long and complicated letter. It is deep. It is 16 chapters long, and it is hard to understand. But they say that big doors swing on little hinges. And there in the middle of those 16 chapters, in chapter 8, we have that little hinge. We have that powerful promise. And it's a promise that Gladys hung her heart on. It's a promise that she trusted her entire life. Listen to these words. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. What does that simple little verse tell us? What does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about ourselves? Maybe the first place and the best place to begin is to ask a different question. What does that verse tell us about Gladys? We read those words and we know that in all things, God works for the good. God works for the good. That was Gladys' outlook. That promise was the lens through which she viewed her world, through which she viewed her life. Both the good things that happened and the bad things that happened, the tragedies that happened. You and I go through some tough times. You and I experience loss. We experience challenges. We experience sickness. And there may be times when we wonder, how are we going to hold on? How are we going to make it through? This is the promise that got Gladys through those times. And she knew tough times. There is no way we could recount all of them here today. At 48, she lost her husband, Grover. Most of you knew Grandma, but you never knew Grandpa. At 61, she lost her daughter Susie and inherited some kids. At 82, she lost her son Bob. At 92, she was diagnosed with cancer. Those are just a few of the challenges that she knew. Now, are any of those things good? Absolutely not. Cancer's not good. Losing your husband is not good. Losing children is not good. But what is good? What's good is God. The Bible tells us that over and over again. I'm sure at some point you may have heard Grandma pray over a meal, God is great, God is good. We know God is good. Psalm 136, verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. So since God is good, and since God is working in your life, we have no choice but to see that even in those most difficult times, God is working for the good. Gladys held on to that. And it changed the way she looked at her challenges. 
She never saw a loss or a hurt or a pain without also seeing God's goodness. And she wanted me to share that with you today. She wanted you to see that in the way that she faced her challenges. Because she knew that you would face challenges without her. And she wanted you to have the same source of strength, the same outlook. You know, there's more to this little verse. It goes on and says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. That was Gladys' heart. Those who love Him. You know your grandma loved you. She always made sure that you knew that she loved you. But I need to tell you, she didn't love you first. You weren't first in her heart. You weren't her favorite. <laughs> you weren't the most important. That position went to God. God belonged first in her heart. That's who put this promise in her heart. That's who this promise belongs to. It's for those who love the Lord, who put Him first, who give their lives to Him. Now the way Gladys lived that out was amazing and it impacted those around her. They knew the love of God because Gladys showed them the love of God. The other day, Dean Spies and I were talking. Dean was the preacher at this church that followed Grover. Just a few months after Grover passed, Dean became the minister here. Now, in Bible college, they teach us a few important things. One of the important things that they teach you is that you never want to follow a preacher who died while he was serving in a church. Because that preacher is a saint and you will never live up to him. The second thing they teach us is even more important. You never, ever want to go to a church where a preacher died while serving and his widow is still in that church because she will make your life miserable. And so I asked Dean, how was it coming here following Grover? And Dean said, it was wonderful. And I said, why? Why was it wonderful? And he said one word, Gladys. Gladys welcomed me. Gladys encouraged me. Gladys blessed me. He said she was an amazing, an amazingly godly woman and had an amazing spirit. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul writes, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Gladys loved God. What do you think He has prepared for her? We've talked about homecomings. We've talked about a great family reunion in heaven. The Bible says we can't even begin to imagine. And that's the other thing that Gladys wanted me to tell you about. The Scripture goes on, Romans 8.28 goes on and it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. Who have been called according to His purpose. That was Gladys's desire for you. See, this verse that she loved, it's beautiful. This verse carries a lot of meaning. There is a lot of hope in this verse. This verse does not belong on a Hallmark card. 
this verse, I'm sorry, does not belong in a Facebook post for everyone. Because this verse does not belong to everyone. It is a promise for those who have made a commitment to Jesus Christ. And that day when I sat with Gladys and I said, what do you want me to say at your funeral? She said, I've always loved Romans 8.28. And then she said, the only thing I am worried about, hear this, the only thing I am worried about is those I'm leaving behind who don't know the Lord. That was her worry. That was her concern. Those who haven't given their life to Jesus. Those who aren't living according to His purposes. And I said, don't worry. I will make sure they hear. Gladys gave her life to the Gospel. The word Gospel means good news. So what is the good news? A man named Timothy Keller wrote this, the Gospel, the good news is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. A few chapters earlier from Romans 8.28, we have Romans 3.23 which says, all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God has a standard of behavior. God has a standard of conduct and none of us match it. Not even Grandma. I'm sorry, but it's true. None of us live up to that standard. Every single one of us stands condemned before God. We are all lost. None of us are good enough. So that's the good news? No. The good news is this. Three chapters later, Romans 6, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Because you didn't match that standard, because you didn't make the standard, death is what you inherit. Death is what you deserve. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Your life does not match up to God's standards. You've earned death. You've deserved hell. But God has a free gift for you if you accept His Son, if you give your life to Him. Eternal life. Eternal hope. And a promise that death is not the end. But death is only the beginning of something that you cannot begin to imagine. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Your grandma, Gladys, lived every day showing you that, praying that you would know that. And in her last real conversation with me, her last real conversation with me was about you and about your need for Jesus. I don't know where you are today spiritually. I don't know what your relationship with Jesus is like but that woman loved you so that you would love God. She loved you so that you would know that God loves you. She cared for you to show you that Jesus cares for you. Last night, we got a message from Tim, the oldest grandson who can't be here today. He's in Alaska, far, far away. Tim said, if I were asked what I most admire about Grams, it would be her forgiveness. 
It didn't matter what any of us kids did, or our parents for that part. There was never no doubt. I'm going to have to tell Tim his grammar's a little off. But there was never no doubt that Grandma had your back for forgiveness. Tim's not here to defend himself. But he will be listening to this later on the internet. So he, he's not here to fight me on this, but I will tell you this. And I will tell Tim this. Grandma did not forgive you because you were worth forgiving. Grandma didn't forgive you because you were worth forgiving. Grandma forgave you because she was forgiven by God. Because forgiveness was the greatest gift she had ever received. And she wanted you to know that forgiveness, so she showed it to you. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Today you're hurting. Today you're grieving. Today you feel this loss. And it doesn't feel good, does it? But the promise of God is that this day, this moment, can be worked into good. Today can be the day when you say, I surrender, I give up, I give my life to Jesus. Gladys died believing that was the most important thing she could ever show you. And she lives today knowing it's the most important gift she ever received. The most important decision she ever made. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that in our hurts, in our loss, we do not grieve alone. We thank You that You mourn with those who mourn. Your Son, Jesus, identified Himself as a man of sorrows and acquainted, acquainted with suffering. And we come to You seeking Your comfort for this family, for peace through Your presence, and for hope through Your Son. Lord, Gladys lived her life not to show us what a good mother or grandmother or friend was, but to show us what a good Savior we have. And I pray for those here that in times when they can't see the good in life, they will know the God who is good, the God who is working, the God who loves them and has called them to His purposes. We look to You, the giver and sustainer of life. We owe You all of our days. And from You we find all of our hope. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.